0: Angela Bowen here, the host of Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast, and today I have for you another Punky Brewster Christmas episode, the last Punky Brewster episode, in fact. Season 4, episode 7, entitled Christmas Hero, aired on May 5th, 1988. During the Christmas season, Punky finds a briefcase full of stolen money. Hmm, interesting. So this episode's going to go just a smidge differently. I didn't take notes for it. I'm just going to watch the episode and kind of comment from there. So I hope you guys enjoy it. In fact, that is probably how I'm going to finish out season two and with season three coming as well. So, all right, let's jump right into this holiday episode. I really honestly wish they would have aired this in season three in December like they did with the other two seasons and their Christmas episodes. You know, I know that Punky Brewster was coming to an end and everything, and it's just why couldn't they have just done that? Why did it have to air in May? Who airs a Christmas episode in May? Or why even have I don't, you know, I'm gonna stop complaining now. Alright. Okay. So the episode opens up in the living room and Henry and Betty are Finishing up with their Christmas cards. And Betty complains to Henry. It's like. You're only sending three Christmas cards. He did that in season one. And I guess he never really learned. Punky's Lots theory. Or maybe he's like. You know what? I'm just sending three. It's, what is it? I thought there was like a rule. Like you said. The ones that send you cards. Are the ones you mail cards to. But you know. I just have a a certain amount of family members that I will, you know, mail my Christmas cards to, and then the others and everyone else, just, I send a picture of the card on Facebook and Messenger. It's a lot easier that way. So, um, and Betty asks him, like, well, are you going to send me one? He's like, nope. Like, (laughs) okay. So, uh, he looks at her Christmas card, and he's like, what's with this, hold on, he tells her that they're a waste of um, time and money, and she calls him Scrooge Warnemon. I thought that was kind of clever. Oh, that's what he asked. He says, "Why are you sending Halloween cards?" And she's like, "Well, give me that back, that Christmas card back." And he's like, "Why? Are, there's a scary-looking monster on there." And she's like, "What are you talking about? That's me in an elf hat." And Henry's like, you might want to let your friends know that. <laughs> like, Oh, you guys, season four, you guys are still at it with your jabs at each other. I love their bantering back and forth. Even after four years, it's just, it's so funny to watch. They are so good together. So we hear a bunch of clattering of pans from the kitchen, and Henry turns to the kitchen door and is like, girls, Try not to wreck the place, huh? Christmas is expensive enough. Like, ugh, what are they doing in there? So, Punky in the kitchen picks up a flour sifter off the floor. Really? That's what made that clattering sound? Because it sounded like a bunch of pots and pans that fell on the floor. So, yeah. So, she's like, all right, this is our last batch of cookies because she and Cherry are making Christmas cookies. And. <sighs> Cherry is eating them all. Seriously? Oh my god. So, uh, Cherry's got a cookie in her hand and she's like, "Good cuz I I'm full because Punky told her this is the last batch that we're going to make." And Punky's like, "You know, I really wish you would stop eating them." And she's like, Cherry's like, "Well, I can't help it." And Punky says, "We've been making cookies for over 2 hours." And then she goes to the container that the cookies that were done are in, and she only counts three in there. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this girl. Cherry, you have the highest metabolism of any child or any human being in this world that I know. But then again, Brandon's sitting right next to Cherry, so... Cherry hasn't been the only one that's been scarfing down the cookies, as he goes for a gingerbread mailman, as Punky scolds him, like, Brandon, please don't eat the gingerbread mailman. Yeah, is that dog supposed to be eating dough? I don't think that's good for him. So when Punky discovers there's only three in the dang tin, she, oh, she is pissed. She turns to Cherry, he's like, Cherry, where are all the cookies we made? And 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 Cherry's like, ah. so Cherry's only defense is they were delicious, like, okay. Uh, Punky just calls her a pig, like you pig. You know, I love, like when we get into season three and four, Punky of course, pigtails, boom, they're out the door. So Punky's got stylish looking clothes. I love what she's wearing here. It's a bright, uh, canary yellow shirt that's got, like, neon, like, shapes on it. And then she's got, like, a, uh, a light pale green shirt underneath that. It's really festive. I like it. Oh, in the background behind Punky on the table, you can see sun-made raisins, like the regular raisins. And then the yellow box, I think those are golden raisins. So Cherry asks Punky, what are you going to get Henry for Christmas? And Punky says she has her eye on a gold pocket watch for him, or a pocket watch. And Cherry mentions how it better be a thin one because Grandma says that Henry's got the tightest pockets in town, as in he doesn't like to spend a lot of money. Which, I mean, who can blame him, right? But, I mean, he's like a stickler as far as money goes. So Cherry tells Punky she and her grandma watched the Jacques Cousteau special on television so she's going to get her grandma a scuba suit. Um where would there be a place to go scuba diving at? I mean, they live in Chicago. Is there a place out there they could go? Uh ah. So Betty, uh, comes to the kitchen door and says to Cherry, it's time to go, I'm gonna be making dinner. Cherry, of course, is like, oh, god, I'm starved. You ate a crap ton of cookies, girl, and you're starved already. Does she have, uh, a tapeworm or something? <laughs> Why is she that hungry? No, kid should be that hungry? You'd think she'd be sick from all those cookies she ate, but uh, maybe not. Anyway, um, they leave, and that's when Henry comes in and complains about the mess that Punky made. It's basically all just on the table, and it's easily cleaned up. It doesn't look that bad. you think the way he exclaimed, The whole kitchen's a mess! You'd think that the whole kitchen, including the floor, the countertop, which there's only really one... It's not, uh, but Henry's just Henry. I mean, we expect that from him. So, um, I'm gonna play this clip. This is where Punky kind of briefly mentions how she wants to get her father a gift because you know he Henry adopted her at the end of uh season two, and you, she's like, "I'd like to get my father a gift. How much do you think that you know you'd be." willing to send my way and Henry gives her 20 bucks and she's like it's not enough and he's like well you need to make it happen because this is all that this father wants to spend on his own gift so I'm going to play that clip because I thought that was funny so I'll be right back.
1: Oh look at this kitchen it's a total mess.
0: Don't
2: worry Brandon will lick it clean. (laughs) Henry! hyperdermical question for you.
1: Hypothetical.
2: That's what I said. Say this kid wants to buy her father a Christmas present. That's kind of expensive. Hyperdermically speaking, how much money do you think her father might be willing to give her towards this present?
1: Hyperdermically speaking? $20.
2: What if that wasn't enough?
1: That is all this fictitious father wishes to spend on his own present. (laughs) Remember, it's not the amount. It's the thought.
2: I know, but I've given it a lot of thought, and 20 bucks won't hack it, Hank.
1: (laughs) Make it hack. Have you prepared your little Christmas list?
2: Actually, I just checkmarked a few things in this catalog.
1: (laughs) F.A.O. Schwartz?
2: I color-coded the things I want. Yellow for definitely need. Green for absolutely must have... Red from, die without it. <laughs> <laughs> <A>. or Schnauzer?
0: <laughs> so, Punky turns to Henry and, you know, says, Don't worry, Brandon will lick it clean as in the countertop. What? It's like a cutting board or whatever that they put dough on that Henry's complaining about the kitchen's a disaster and Punky's like, oh, he'll, Brandon will lick it clean. I don't think he should be eating that. I don't think that's good for him. Unless, like, the people on the show, like, just put something that was safe for him to be eating, but in reality, eh? Brandon is really showing a little bit of white on his muzzle, too. He's only four, right? He shouldn't be look like he's ten or like he's eight or something. So, um, Henry asks her if she's got her Christmas list set. Of course, you heard in the clip. And she hands him a FAO Schwartz catalog that has its color-coded with all the stuff she wants, needs, and she'll die without. And I've never been to F.A.O. Schwartz, I mean, they live in Chicago, and I always thought that F.A.O. Schwartz was like, because I've seen the movie Big with Tom Hanks, and I thought, well, it was in, um, New York, because that character was in New York in that movie, so I mean, yeah, it's probably in other places like Chicago, too, so, but, and then Brandon pulls out his F.A.O. Schnauzer, which, Henry's like, what, huh? I've never heard of it. Of course, it's made up for the show, of course, but it's so funny. He's like, "Yeah, I want this stuff here, too. So now we move on to Punky's Place, and I haven't gotten this far. I mean, I've watched the show before, you know, all the seasons. But as far as the podcast goes, since I'm finishing up season two, we haven't even gotten to Punky's Place yet. So let me just say, this place looks so wild every, like, Every wall is a different color. One wall is like uh checker square with like um light pink and white squares, and then another wall is like light blue and it has like sh- different shapes on it. One is like a car- uh like um part of the wall is cut like a cloud or over it, 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 it's really cool. Oh, and the tables. There's like Um, triangle-shaped tables and circle-shaped tables, they're all different colors. This is the coolest place. I would love to eat here. I'm sure it doesn't exist in real life, but, um, anyway, once we're there, we get this Santa Claus here who comes in and sees, like, five, four or five other Santas sitting there. Like, oh, hey, he waves to him. Oh, there are five Santas, so he he's number six. All right, as we get uh some other people coming through the door, too. They must have this near the mall or somewhere close by to get a bit of traffic coming through. So, Punky and Cherry are running the counter, and that's when Punky looks and sees all these Santas, and she gets a light bulb over her head, like, hey, I got it, great idea. I'll just ask for donations, like these guys do to afford Henry's, you know, Christmas gift. I'm like, Punky, uh, that's not how you do things. She's 11 in here, right? So, she's still a kid in some ways, but you don't go around, especially if you work at a restaurant and you're a server or a waitress or whatever. I know you you ask for tips for yourself for service, But you don't flat out go up to a customer and say, hey, uh, would you like to make a donation for what the hell? Uh, We'll we'll find out. Hold on. Actually, Punky turns to Cherry and says, well, I can't ask for myself, so you're going to do it for me. And they got this big um, soup pan thing. And Cherry's like, you know, Punky, this is not going to work. And Punky's like, yeah, well... Here, you give them the pitch. I'll stand here looking pathetic. And then she sticks out her bottom lip. Like, uh, I really, if I'm going to a place, I don't want to be bugged by a someone asking for donations and stuff like that. Uh, not when I'm going to order. That's just, mm. why is she walking like a hunchback? Stop. I mean want to look pathetic, but come on. You just look weird. Um, excuse me. Oh, she says, Cherry's like, I'm collecting money for the, and then Punky adds, the poor Punky Christmas pot. Are you kidding me, Punky? Come on, girl. Why did she seem smarter in season one and two? I don't, I'm not Trying to say bad things about Punky, but come on, girl. You're 11 here. You really think you would have used this get-up when you were 9? Granted, in the last Christmas episode, she thought that the Matsey method was a good idea, that stores get kickbacks from insurance when you steal stuff from them, so uh, I don't know. So the Santa says no, but he holds up his own bucket, his red bucket, and says, I'm collecting for the Salvation Army, and Cherry's got a dollar hanging out of her her, her tip uh, thing that's wrapped around her waist there, and she pulls it out and puts it in there. And it's like, just because you say you're with the Salvation Army and you're holding a bucket, that, no... Anyone can say they're from any organization and hold out something. It's like, no, unless you're one of those people ringing a bell in front of a Walgreens or a Walmart, then just no. And even those ones, it's like you slip change or dollar in and that thing is locked up tight. So you're not going to get into that. And neither are the people that are standing there ringing that bell. So, Cherry and Punky go over to the counter, and Henry's like, girls, what are you doing? And Punky's like, well, we're collecting money. And Henry's like, well, what's the cause? And Punky's like, because I don't have enough. Are you kidding me, Punky Brewster? Really? You're basically taking money from other people because you don't have enough money. This is not for a cause. I mean, she said that it was for her to get Henry a bo- uh, oh, his Christmas gift. She said that with a blatant face. Straight face to Henry. And Henry flat out says, you know, okay, knock it off. Siri, just stop. You're not taking money from other people. I mean, if it were for an actual cause, fine. But it's not. It's for her to get him a gift. I mean, yeah, sentiment and all may be a very low percentage of sentiment, but it just sounds kind of greedy. So we get this cutie patootie looking boy coming down the stairs there and he sits down. And of course, this is later on in season three and four, we're going to get a different set. We're going to get teenage preteen punky here. She's all about the boys. And this boy is a cutie patootie in her eyes because she says, (laughs) happy handsome. But she corrects herself and says, I mean, happy holiday. And she had, says, you Neil know, asks, What can I get you? And he's like, anything with chocolate. And she says, How about a chocolate soda? Hmm. Huh. The only type of chocolate soda I had, and they discontinued it. I'm very angry still, ten years later. Um, it's a Diet Dr. Pepper Cherry chocolate. I love that. I don't know how many other people out there that love that love Diet Dr. Pepper Cherry chocolate. But let me tell you, it came out in 2009, around the holidays, around November, right? By April of 2009, you could hardly find it anywhere. I honestly feel, I know they bring back some type of 7-Up cranberry, what have you, for the holidays. Bring back Diet Dr. Pepper, Cherry, Chocolate for the holidays. Once a year. Once a year. And it wouldn't even be that big of a production. I'm sure there are plenty of people out there who would drink it. I would. But okay, let's get back to the episode. So we get a reappearance by Officer Bob in Season 4, who we will meet in Season 3. And Henry's just kind of chatting it up with him. And Officer Bob says that there's a call for a brief ca- le- uh, leather snakeskin briefcase that's been stolen. And that boy just happens to have that suitcase, or briefcase, I'm not saying, a uh, briefcase right next to him, and his eyes are bugging out. He's freaked. He is freaked out, especially when the officer says what they plan to do to the kid, or to whoever it was, they don't know that it was a kid that stole it. So, Punky plops down the soda I don't even think the kid even takes a drink of it. He just bolts out the door, leaving the briefcase there. Why, if you, okay, why, if you would take something like that, would you come into a public place with that? I mean, that is going to raise so many questions, so many eyebrows. Like, what is this boy doing with this expensive looking briefcase? Hmm... So then, Officer Bob gets a call on his radio about a domestic disturbance, and turns out it's between his wife and his mother. Oh, my lord. Wow. (laughs) So, he pulls out his gun and tells Henry, hope I don't have to use this, and rushes out the door. Yikes. Now, I get along famously with my mother-in-law. We get along so well. She reads all the books that I give her to read, so we have something to talk about. Oh, he did take a sip of that. Okay. And then he starts coughing when he hears about the the cop uh, talking about the stolen briefcase. So he books it. The kid books it out of there. And then then that kind of ends the scene. So it's after hours. Everyone's gone. Henry tells Punky to... Flip the open sign to closed. Wouldn't they lock the door also? Because it doesn't look like they do. Oh, I also want to mention these really awesome looking wreaths on the door. This one is dusted a light pink. I think there's a purple or blue one. They are so cool. Why don't they make those nowadays? I think those would... They probably do, and I just haven't seen them. So, uh So, Punky is wiping down tables, and that's when she spots the briefcase. So, she takes it up to the counter, opens it. I'm surprised it doesn't have uh, a lock on it or something like that. But she opens it, and there is a lot of money in there. I think it's like $25,000. Um, In the next scene, Punky is on the couch at home, kind of mulling over her dilemma of what to do with money and she's just got it there oh i love this scene <laughs> brandon is wrapped up in a blanket like you can only see his face and he is so cute oh he's so cute he's like a little cinnamon donut he's like a little donut inside of a no no he's not he's li- he's a little puffball oh <laughs> I had to pause it. I had to take a picture. I'm putting it on Instagram because it is on the Punky Power Podcast Instagram page. It is so cool. Oh, I love it so much! He looks so cute! Okay, I'll stop now. Turns out, along with that briefcase full of money, a a pearl necklace and I think a ring was also stolen along with the stuff. And Punky's just kind of sitting there. The briefcase is open. She's you know, holding the the money in there and, and just... She's wearing the pearls, by the way, and she's got the ring on. It's like, Punky, this stuff doesn't belong to you. Why are you wearing it? I like her slippers, though. They're really cool. She's got a yellow one and a um, fuchsia-colored one. She's also got uh, orange... Uh, Sleepwear. I, don't, I love. I just. I think it's so cool. I just love her. Her colors. As she's older, you know, she's gotta, you know, still be her. Her cool, wacky self. So, but she's just kind of saying to Brandon, "It's like this money doesn't belong to me." And he's just kind of looking at her like, "Well, what do you want me to tell you to do? I can't tell you what to do. That's up to you." So Henry comes in and says, "You know, it's like." two three in the morning sweetie what are you doing up and she's like well i have kind of a problem i need to talk to you about so i want to play that clip right now and i'll be right back
2: brandon what am i gonna do this is the worst dilemma i've ever been in on one hand this money doesn't belong to me but on the other hand look at that sucker sparkle (laughs) Stop looking at me that way. Wouldn't you say if a person asked for a miracle and got one, that person should just accept it? You're right. It's not my money, so there's no way I can keep it. But I did find the money, so couldn't we just call it finder's keepers? All right, it's more like stealer's keepers. Okay, I'll give it back. You're the world's only conscience with a wet nose. <laughs> Funky! Uh, I'm in the living room, Henry!
1: Funky! It's almost 2 a.m. What are you doing up?
2: I couldn't sleep. I have a lot on my mind.
1: Oh. You want to talk about it?
2: I found a briefcase in the restaurant.
1: Could it be the one I'm sitting on?
2: Yep, it's snakeskin, and it's got the initials H-L on it. And you'll never guess what's inside.
1: A 10-carat diamond pink earring, a pearl necklace, and $25,000 in cash.
2: Wow. I've heard about eyes in the back of your head, but...
1: <laughs> Officer Bob told me about the briefcase. It was stolen from Horatio Lake.
2: This wasn't a lake. It's not even soggy.
1: Horatio Lake is one of the richest men in Chicago. Funky, did you happen to see who brought this into the restaurant?
2: Yeah, it was a hot-looking little chocolate junkie.
1: (laughs) First thing tomorrow, I'll call Officer Bob. He'll probably want to get a statement from you.
2: Henry, you said Mr. Lake was real rich. We hardly have any money at all. Do we absolutely have to return... $25,000
1: 25000
0: in cash? <laughs> yes. So I laugh during the clip um, when Henry tells Punky that uh, this was reported by Officer Bob. And he asks, do you happen to know who uh, brought this in? And then Punky says, call, refers to the kid as a cute chocolate junkie or something like that. Like, oh, Punky, you're so silly. But yes, they do have to return. That is a lot of money. And I, I don't know why it was taken, but we're going to find out. As we move to the next scene, we move to... um. Horatio Lake, who the briefcase actually belongs to, and we see the boy who had the briefcase in Punky's place. We find out his name is Jerry, and Horatio Lake is his father. So, Henry had referred to Horatio Lake as the richest man in Chicago. Holy moo. Um, and Horatio (laughs) Moo... Horatio Lake! I'm sorry, guys! (laughs) Guys! Um, Horatio Lake, as you can see, he's very busy. He's asking, you know, how's boarding school, son, Jerry? And, um, as soon as Jerry opens his mouth, the phone rings and Horatio, Horatio takes it. Um, if this man who plays Horatio Lake looks familiar, it's because he played Larry on Three's Company. This is the actor Richard Klein. And, um... Because he, you know, Jerry's in boarding school, so he probably really doesn't get to see his father, except for he's on Christmas break right now. And it seems like what he was about to say is, like, if you really want to know, so clearly it sounds like he really does not like boarding school. So from the phone call, it looks like he's in stocks and stuff, because he's telling the guy on the other line to sell. So, yeah, obviously he's in stocks and stuff or something. So he turns back to Jerry and says, yeah, what were you saying about boarding school? And he's like, you're happy there, right? And Jerry's like, I guess. And then uh, Horatio uh, just kind of overlooks that, I guess, and just says, well, that's good. You're getting the best education money can buy. Money doesn't make everything great. Just because he's getting the finest education that will probably set him up for getting into Yale or Harvard or where the hell ever he wants to go later on in life. Because the kid's only, like, 11 or 12 years old, so I'm sure he's not thinking about college at this second. But it just seems like Horatio Lake is so involved with his business. Because his son's at boarding school, he probably only sees him a couple times a year, that he doesn't really know what going on in his son's life? Enough to know that, you know, whatever, something's clearly bothering him. So Jerry goes to, he stands up like, listen, Dad, like he wants to tell him what's going on. And the dang phone rings again. Seriously? Oh my gosh. Put it on silent. You can't do that. That's a rotary phone. You can't put it on silent. I'm sorry. So he also has a soft drink division in the Middle East. As he's taking a call from somebody and just finding out why there's a problem with this soft drink division in the Middle East. Because it's hot there. People like soda. Well, if it's hot there, they probably want water so they're not dehydrated. I mean, soda's great and everything, but it's no... Heck, why doesn't he have a a, um, sports drink like Gatorade or some off-brand Gatorade or something? Because that would be a step up from water, because uh, um, that's keeping you high. That's replacing your electrolytes. And I work in a factory, and this summer was really bad hot. So I was not only drinking water, I was drinking Gatorade and Powerade because I needed something to replace my electrolytes. Because it's hot there. They had fans. They got big fans you know, fans and everything, but that wasn't doing the job, the water wasn't doing the job either, that's why I'm really dreading facing another summer there at my job, it's like, I don't want to go through what I went through again, that was really bad, um, you probably, if you've listened to this podcast for a bit now, you probably noticed I took a break off during August, I had a, um, Incident at work where I blacked out and I was in the emergency room and I lost my ability to speak and, and everything and it, it was because I bumped my elbow on um, the table that I was and I when I say I bumped it, I mean I bumped it hard to the point where it's like it felt like a current ran up my arm and then all of a sudden I felt really, really sick. So my, um, one of the HR people is kind of helping me to the bathroom. And then all of a sudden it's like, I, I dropped, I just, I felt myself slipping onto the floor and everything. And I was able to call Jeremy and he got me to the emergency room and I started, I was drinking water and they said my color was coming back because it looked like I was pure white as a ghost and then Jeremy took me to the emergency room and everything. I told them what happened, but then it's like, my speech, even when I was at uh, my job before Jeremy got me, my speech was really like, blah, 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 It was really, really bad. I thought I had a stroke. But, um, you know, they had to do, at the emergency room, they did a CAT scan on my brain just to make sure I didn't hit anything. But I didn't. I didn't hit my head or anything. And I kept trying to explain to them what happened. So, but anyway, guys, I really don't want to go through that. I mean, the area I was working in was, it's a tight area all around. If you're not careful, you're going to bump something. I bumped my elbow a couple times since then, but it hasn't—it was never to the point like that. I'm just, anyway, let's, let's, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry to Move away from the episode, but let's jump back into this episode i'm sorry i don't want i don't want to bore you <laughs> i don't want to um put a downer on this episode it's a It's a decent episode um the other two I would say are a hundred percent better than this, like I said I really don't see why they needed to have this episode, but i'm gonna continue on anyway so once Horatio gets off the phone with whoever he's talking to. He looks at Jerry and says, Hey, do you make out your Christmas list yet? And Jerry's like, Yep. And he's like, Good, because I'll give it to the butler. He'll get you everything you want. Oh boy. Uh, As nice as that sounds, that kid does not want toys. He does not want electronics. He wants time with his daddy. He wants time with his dad. He's lonely. That's when the buzzer in his office rings and it turns out it's Punky Brewster that's got the briefcase. So she brings the briefcase in and we find out who the culprit was of the briefcase and hold on. Oh, okay, so he's like, some girl found my briefcase. Okay, that's what happened. That's when Jerry's, like, out the door. He's like, oh, really? That's wonder. You know, I, I got to go. I got to go. So that's when Punky comes in with the briefcase, and she gives it to the guy. Everything's accounted for. And he gives her $5 as a reward. Because Punky's expecting, like, okay, this guy has money. Maybe he can help me get, you know, Henry that pocket watch, the money I need to afford it. And he gives her five dollars. She's like, "Oh, wow, thank you." So before Jerry left, um, he's like, "Hey, Dad, I'll see you at dinner." And of course, it's like, "No, son, sorry, I can't. Got business. I can't do it. Sorry, bye." So uh, Horatio Lake just he leaves Punky in his study. That room is humongous, by the way. It is huge as heck. And that's when Jerry comes in, thinking his dad is gone, and Punky is slumped down in this chair. So you really can't see her there when Jerry comes in. He thinks he's all by himself, and then, oh, on. Oh my gosh, I just realized, this scene is really poorly acted by this boy, whoever he is. Because he's like, you're the boy who left the briefcase at Punky's place. And he's like, quiet, my father will hear you. I'm like, okay, that was Oh, God, that was an awful, that line delivery was crappy. Oh, it was so bad. So, Punky's like, what, you're stealing from your own father? Why? And then he's like, okay, I'll tell you, but first I need a kiss. And she jumps back, like, whoa, wait, she's got her hand in the air, like, she's gonna and hit him. But then he's like, no, a chocolate kiss, as he lifts the candy dish lid and pulls out a Hershey's kiss. Like, yeah. I'm gonna have to have some candy first before I tell you my story, my plan of why I did what I did. So, Punky just kind of smirks to herself like, oh, my bad, I didn't get that joke. Um, And in the next scene, we see on the table, there's like 30 um, wrappers of the Hershey's Kiss foils on there. Oh, I hope that they both ate them because that would make me want to puke up my... Insides thirty Hershey kisses. That is too many. I'd say five or ten. Ten, no more than ten, though, because any more than that, and you're like. Bleh, bleh, bleh. So the kid pretty much is like, that's my story. So um, we don't get to hear it, just the aftermath. And he's like, well, if you want to rat on me, you know, that's your prerogative. I guess you can ruin my life. It's like, turns out he did it. Did that. He stole the briefcase and in hope that maybe if he laid low for a little bit that he'd say he found it, he'd be a hero, his dad would give him attention that he sorely deserves and needs apparently. Oh he went and got eggnog? How long was he gone for? Oh my gosh. He so he offers her eggnog, and that's when Punky breaks the news of who the culprit is and it's horatio's son jerry so that yeah punky's like your son's a thief and horatio's like what and then the kid is like calls punky a rat think where did they find this boy this line and it's like he must have known she was gonna rat him out anyway so why did he call her a rat think that makes no sense Oh boy, oh boy! I don't know this kid. I I wonder. I'm gonna see if he did anything else. I'll be right back. So I looked him up. His name is Donnie Jeffcoat. Okay. Um, and it looks like after he's done some stuff before Punky Brewster, in 1988. Um, he played a character, Michael Towner, on 7th Heaven, for five episodes. He was in Dr. Quinn for two. Oh, he played two different characters. Okay. Um, oh, he's in Party of Five. I don't know who the hell he played. Some guy named Paul. That doesn't really... Doesn't look like he did. Oh, he was in three episodes of The Wonder Years. He was in the pilot. He was in Heart of Darkness, and just between me, you, and Kirk and oh he was that boy that um when he took ice skating or they went ice skating together i'm gonna have to check that out because it's right around the same time as this i'm gonna have to look at that okay so anyway let's get back to this episode um because i want to play this clip and punky just boils it down like hey jerry wants attention from you you need to spend time with your get to know your son And Horatio is like, you know what, Punky, you're absolutely right, son, I am so sorry I've neglected you, and, you know, basically, that's what he says, and, uh, so I'm gonna play that clip, and that will be the majority of the episode, and I hope I didn't bore you guys too much, um, we're gonna, I'm gonna see about how I'm gonna progress with You know, finishing up, because I still got changes, parts one through five, to do next week, and accidents happen, so I don't know. I might just do it this way, and then we'll see when it comes to season three what I want to do. I'm really hesitant about um, either still doing it just once a week or moving it to twice a month. I don't know yet, so we'll, we'll see. I'm still trying to come to a decision, so
3: i got a little work to do here, so... Mr. Lake?
0: Yeah? There's something I've got to tell
2: you.
3: All right, but I've got an important phone call coming, so come to the point.
2: Your son's a thief. What? He's the one who stole the briefcase. You rat think! Jerry, let me explain. You're a snitch,
3: stoolie, squealing! All right, no, no, stop it. That's enough. Everybody calm down here. Jerry, is this true? Did you take my briefcase? Why? Why would you steal from me? I've given you everything you ever wanted.
2: Except for one thing you wanted most. What's that? Attention.
3: I don't understand.
2: Tell him, Jerry. Tell him what you told me. He's too busy right now. He'll listen. What you, must Light?
3: Yes. Jerry?
2: Jerry had a plan, he figured he'd rip off your briefcase and lay low with it for a few days. Then when the police gave up, he'd say he found it. That way he'd be a hero. And maybe, just maybe, you'd pay more attention to him.
3: Oh, Jerry.
0: I'm sorry, Dad.
3: No. No, I'm sorry. Very sorry. How could I let things get to the point where you felt you had to do such a thing?
0: You were busy, that's all.
3: Jerry, I thought I was working to build a better life for us here, but I can see now I just built a wall between us. Why didn't you give up on me years ago? I love you. (laughs) I love you too, son. Hold my calls. In fact, cancel everything for the next two weeks. My son and I are going skiing.
0: All right. Thanks, Punky.
2: (laughs) Merry Christmas.
3: Oh, just a minute, Miss Brewster. I think you've returned something to me much more valuable than the contents of that briefcase. Thank you.
2: No biggie. Oh,
3: yes, it was. Come here. This is for you.
2: Have you found your gift yet? It's beside your doghouse. <laughs> wow! My own color TV. Well,
1: actually, only the case is color.
2: <laughs> Here's your gift. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up.
1: I'm hurry Frankie, this is wonderful. Do
2: you like? Absolutely love it. Or what? <laughs>
1: I absolutely love it. Where did
2: you get it, Mr. Blake? It was my reward. I couldn't believe it when he gave it to me. It's the kind of thing that can only happen at Christmas.
0: Mm-hmm. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> So yeah, Punky tells Horatio Sands, like I said, that uh, Jerry stole the briefcase. And Horatio's like, Jerry, did you do this? And Jerry embarrassedly, like, yeah, I did. And Punky's like, he just thought that maybe if he did this and brought the briefcase back to you, after it was reported stolen, that you would pay attention to him. And Horatio really thinks on this. He's like, all these years, I've been building this company and hope to build something good for us and instead I was building a wall between us and then someone else buzzes on the intercom and Horatio's like you know what hold my calls in fact cancel everything for the next two weeks because me and my son are going skiing that's awesome it was really resolved really quickly it just seemed like he wasn't extremely angry as say if another in real life, if this had happened, I don't know the outcome, but I doubt it would have been as uh, resolved in five minutes as this was, because this felt really quickly resolved. And, um, in return, Horatio turns to Punky says, you know what, I think that you've given me something more than just the contents of that briefcase, and it deserves... He gives her a pocket watch for Henry. Ah! And Henry is stoked. He is so happy. And then in the clip, you can hear Punky's, like, got this valley girl speak. Like, are you so excited or what? I can't do valley girl. (laughs) But it's a good episode. And then we see at the end, Cherry and um, Betty, sorry, come in. And Betty's wearing her scuba outfit. Like, (laughs) <laughs> ah, just like in the first Christmas episode of Punky Brewster in season one, she was wearing this square dancing skirt. Oh, that is so funny. <laughs> um, I hope you guys liked the episode. And as far as Brandon Tailwakes for this episode, that rating, I'm giving it. I'm giving it a two out of five, guys. I. Mm. So. I want to give it to Punky for her doing the right thing, returning that briefcase for her cool looking clothes. I love her clothes. I love Punky place. And of course for Brandon is going to be my number two in that blanket because he looks so adorable. And also tied with that would be um, Henry, you know, Punky getting that gold watch to give to Henry. It was a sweet ending to the episode. Uh, As far as for Punky's principles, here's something. Guys, you don't need to steal something of your parents and return it to get their love, okay? You don't need to go to that extreme to get their attention. That is never a good idea. So, that being said, this is the last of the Christmas episodes for Punky Brewster. Next week, I am going to finish up... Season two with changes and parts one through five and accidents happen, which is about the Challenger explosion. So that being said, everyone have a wonderful and Merry Christmas. And we will conclude season two of Punky Brewster next week. Have a great day, everyone.